Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. That's a wrap. Yo, that's a wrap. It was an amazing experience. Hope everybody enjoyed it. Hope they got some laughs and good entertainment. This is Warriors Wrap Up on 95.7 The Game. Bounce pass to the cutting. Curry, what a great catch. Flipped it over to Looney. Handoff back to Curry. Fires for three. It's up and oh good gosh. from the right sideline. No one hits that shot in this league except him. That was magic by Curry. Magic by Curry. Three of his 28 on the night. And a surprise that Steph Curry was available to play 90 minutes before this one. Second of a back-to-back in Denver. And the Warriors competed hard off of a difficult loss in Minnesota last night in overtime and competed to the tune of a one-point game at the half, but the Warriors unfortunately knocked down 13 threes in the first half, 13 of 21. Steph had 14 of his 28 in that first half with Jordan Poole scoring 12. They got an active first quarter from Jonathan Kaminga, productive mistake-free shift even for James Wiseman, who played for the first time since December the 28th, but the Warriors found themselves still down 70-69 to at the half in Denver against the top-seeded Denver Nuggets currently in the Western Conference. And the Warriors, uh, this game flips in a big way. Third quarter, 35-22 Denver, a 16-0 run. The difference in this one is the Warriors drop it by 17, 134-117. As we welcome the Inside Warriors wrap-up here on 95.7 The Game and on Twitch and YouTube for 95.7 The Game as well. It's John Dickinson with you here. 888-957-9570, That is the phone number to give me a call or shoot me a text here as we react to this one. Uh, the Warriors find themselves with a one and two trip as they lose last night in overtime at Minnesota and unable to bounce back with what would have been a hell of a win, frankly, uh, without Draymond Green out in the second of a back-to-back and no Clay Thompson who still has yet to play in any back-to-backs this season but as I mentioned right off the top was a little bit of a surprise that Steph Curry uh, did decide to play in this one Andrew Wiggins as well although Wiggins still trying to get his conditioning and, and health back coming off of the multiple illnesses that that he's had really going back to when he was set to return toward the end of December early January it's been just fits and starts for for Wiggins and uh, so I was actually surprised that he would be deemed to have the conditioning to play but I I give the Warriors credit for at least getting out there and trying in this one we've seen them basically rest the veterans in a lot of these games before in in these types of situations this year but uh, just not enough right now for the Warriors uh, hung with Denver with the great offensive prowess and then the third quarter completely does the Warriors in as uh, it was 85-85 toward the end of that third quarter 16 to nothing Denver run after it was tied and it was really all Denver from that point on in the game and it was turnovers a familiar story for the Warriors when they struggle and turnovers another big part of that run nine turnovers for the Warriors in the third quarter many of them at the back end of that third quarter when the game was tied and in check there where the Warriors were were competitive in the game they had just five in the first half and that was part of the reason why the Warriors were were in the game in addition to the 13 three-pointers made uh, Warriors ended up uh, what 13 to 21 first half, 6 of 17 in the second half. But again, when you are unable to match possession for possession with the opposition, especially a team as good as this Denver team is, 
uh, at 36 and 16 now. It's it's going to be a long night, and the Warriors are finding themselves now in the vulnerable position that they used to put other teams in, where teams would hang around and, and have a, a good quarter or a great half against the Warriors, but it would always be one six- to eight-minute stretch or one quarter or, or one segment of the game where they could just get wiped out. And and that's exactly what Denver did to Golden State tonight with the Warriors just being unable uh, to keep up as, as the game goes on. So 26 and 26 now for Golden State as uh, they had been 24 and 24 and 23 and 23 and 22 and 22 and 20 and 20 and 13 and 13. Anthony Slater, the athletic broke down all of it. And it's amazing. The 49 or the, the Warriors rather have been 500 uh, at one and one, two and two, three and three, 10 and 10, 11, 11, 13 and 13, 14 and 14, 18 and 18, 20 and 20, uh, 21 up and 21 down. And then, yeah, 22, 23, 24, and now 26 for the Warriors and 26. So they see in the span of two nights their ability to to move up to the fifth seed with a couple of wins. And now they look up and they are all the way back down in ninth in the Western Conference and losers of consecutive games now. So ninth, half game out of seventh and just a game out of sixth, only a game and a half currently out of fifth and a big one at Chase on Saturday as they'll take on the Mavericks, who, who come in at 28 and 25, and they're playing a little bit better. So they rise all the way to fifth because they've won a couple of games in a row. You've got the Clippers going at it right now in Milwaukee. They're playing a little bit better of late and have been able to separate from 500 in a way that the Warriors just haven't, even with all of their load management and key players in and out of the lineup. The Clippers are starting to make their run at 29 and 25, uh, which puts them all the way up in the, the four spot right now in, in the Western Conference. So uh, the Warriors have work to do. And another example, unfortunately, for Golden State, when it looks like they have the potential to to get on a little bit of a run, they've just been unable to do it. Uh We'll hear from Steve Kerr coming up here uh, on Warriors Wrap-Up, but I do want to relay the big piece of news regarding Draymond Green right off the top here as far as his injury because Draymond was held out tonight. Originally, he was going to play, so the only Warriors regular that was going to be out for this game was Clay Thompson, who still has yet to play in the second of back-to-backs. Curry was good to go. Uh, and Andrew Wiggins was good to go. You saw them both play. Wiggins, man, rough night for him. Three of 14, nine points. Just a struggle for Andrew Wiggins offensively and what has mostly been a struggle for Andrew Wiggins offensively since his return. But Draymond, right about a half hour before tip-off when the starting lineups are set to be submitted to the league and, and to everybody in Ball Arena in Denver tonight, he popped up with calf tightness. So it doesn't sound like in, in watching the Steve Kerr postgame press conference, at least at this stage, that it's something severe. It sounds like the Warriors aren't too concerned at this point, uh, but he is set to undergo more tests. And as a lot of the beat writers have pointed out who were on hand in Denver, you remember last year, Draymond's issue that turned into the back injury that kept him out on the back end of the schedule and back into the season, really leading up to the playoffs, that all started with a calf injury and some calf tightness that wound up being linked to this back injury. And Draymond wound up missing some significant time. And and look, the, the dangerous game that the Warriors have played this season with their inability to consistently reel off wins or at any point be better than two games better than the 500 mark this season is they find themselves vulnerable to an injury really putting them in a bad position if if one of their star players gets hurt when you're basically a 500 team as the Warriors have been at so many different junctures this year so well on the one hand you can say hey I think this team has the ability to get it together I think this team has the ability to compete or contend with anyone all it's going to take is a five or a six game winning streak to be right there in the top five four three in the western conference when you can't reel off wins with any level of consistency and you remain in the dreck of mediocrity where the Warriors still currently are then you put yourself at risk of 
an injury kind of wiping you out. And, you know, you see how fragile this thing is. Steph Curry gets fouled on a three, tweaks his ankle a little bit. And all I could help think about at that point is, well, if he had to miss two weeks right now, this team might be in danger legitimately of, of forget about the top six or the top four. They might be in legitimate danger at that point of not even making the play in tournament and, 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 and thus not even making the playoffs. Draymond's been a key cog. Draymond's been healthy to this point, but, he hasn't had you know that one little injury or whatever to to any extent this season that that's kept him out. Can the Warriors withstand that and and be able to to hold on here? It, it's just getting more and more difficult by the game to you know, accept the fact. And and I think when you look at how many different times they've been at five hundred, it, it it starts to make you wonder: Is that just what this team is this season? Because they were healthy early. And didn't make the most of it. And then they had a bunch of injuries and kind of hung on to where they could get healthy again and try to make a run. And then when they've been healthy again, they haven't made the most of it. And and now they may be heading toward a, a stretch of the season where they're forced to deal with a few more injuries. And if that's the case, are they going to be able to hold on again? Uh, too early to tell. And, and the Warriors have gotten a little bit healthier. And we'll see what's going on with Draymond and this, and this calf tightness in the coming days, but the Warriors are, are, are playing with fire uh, in this thing. And, you know, it really, when you look at the road trip as a whole, I think tonight's not the frustrating game. Tonight you're shorthanded with a couple of guys out of your main cogs. You're playing a team that's 36 and, and 13 and, and uh, or 36 and 16 has the second best record in the NBA, the best record in the in the Western Conference. They're a 24 and four home team, best record in the NBA at home, and so you're you're feeling like this one's going to be tough, second of a back to back. But the killer is last night's game. The killer is blowing the 14 point lead in the fourth quarter at Minnesota to go to overtime and lose in a game that you largely had under control. And now it gets chased with another loss and you look up and you're 26 and 26 and, and you're in a another, you know, another turning point, tipping point, whatever you want to call it for, for this warrior season to where you have to ramp it up again to again, try to make that, that next push. And the warriors continue to expend so much energy in, in so many different ways and a lot of these games that they aren't winning that it, it does concern you that at some point here between now and the end of the regular season, they may just crack. They, they, they may just reach a, a breaking point, whether it's physically or mentally, and are unable to even give themselves a shot to make that run that I think so many people in the Bay believe that they have the uh, ability to make. So 888 Nine five seven zero, starting to wonder: Is this just a five hundred team for for this season? Because they have been five hundred on so many different occasions, and here they are yet again. And it's not like they've been completely uh, besieged by injuries throughout the course of the whole season. When they've been healthy, they have not made the most of it. So we'll get to some calls here coming up. But first, let's welcome everybody to our nine o'clock hour. You're listening to 95.7 The Game, KGMZ-FM in HD1 San Francisco. Always live on Twitch, YouTube, and the free Odyssey app. All right, we appreciate everybody on Twitch and YouTube and the Odyssey app, as well as listening on the radio tonight, 888-957-9570. Let's get to JP in the Union, Union City here, getting us tipped off tonight on Warriors Wrap-Up. What's, what's up, JP? Hey, what's up, JD? Man, uh, I'm just going to speak of just a frustration coming from a first-time season ticket holder for the Warriors. I was super excited about this season, and I hope to still be because I'm heavily invested after spending a few thousand dollars on this. But I think realistically, what it what it really comes down to is when you have an issue with that, when you have a problem, you have to look in the mirror. You have to look in the mirror and look at yourself and see what exactly the problem is. And that mirror that the Warriors are looking at starts with the front office. I highly believe there's some dysfunction there from the rumors that we're hearing with Joe Lacob being a little bit more involved, kind of acting like a Jerry Jones type of owner in a sense of making decisions, not by character um, and being a little bit more involved. And I think he really pushed this two timeline onto Bob Myers, which really 
had his hands tied behind his back. And you have Kerr, who's trying to run this motion office with players that are rookies and don't have the skills or the IQ to run it. I mean, the the ugliness of this is going to rear its head. But also on top of that, too, I, I really think at the end of the day, you have to hold your starters accountable. Um, I mean, I, I watch, I'm pretty sure you see it, we all see it, game in and game out. Steph is our star player. But what frustrates me is just those lazy one-handed passes that seem to come like two or three times a game. And sometimes you have to hold the starters accountable. Um, I know they're a little lax there, but, you know, it starts from the top and it works its way on down. No doubt. Thanks for the call, JP. And, and I think, you know, we talked about it last night. The star players were not good enough. And I think that isn't an overarching theme for, for this year. And it, it's it's a little bit of everything. But I think it comes back to the discussion before we brought you on, JP, which is the fact that, that too many times the stars this year haven't quite been good enough to carry it at the level that they've carried it in the past. And the other reality is that the young players just, they don't fit the system, number one, although we're starting to see Kaminga be somewhat of a fit and a factor here of late. Another rough night for Kaminga after a, a pretty good start. Uh, he didn't play well in the second half last night. But the young players essentially don't fit the system. And the young players are also not good enough to play well enough on their own to where Steve Kerr can, can put them in a rotation and be able to to kind of let them do their thing and without the Warriors, at least in his mind, getting wrecked in some of these games and, and, and having that be a problem. So... And then you look at the front office and the two timelines and and all of the different you know chatter going on there and what happened with Draymond Green and, and Jordan Poole at the beginning of the season. Does that have an effect? I mean, the Warriors had every opportunity to wipe a lot of that away if they would just win. But they're not winning, and when they're not winning, it all kind of festers, and there's more of a of a you – know, focus and question on well this Warriors team isn't winning and the young players really aren't playing a lot so what's going on here because in a perfect world if you weren't playing the young players a lot you'd want it to look a lot like last year looked where this team is winning at an extremely high level and then that brings you back to the others and just the simple fact that the Warriors the bridge players, right? The players that aren't the core championship players and the players that aren't the young players, the Warriors nailed those last year. Whether it was Otto Porter Jr., whether it was Gary Payton II, whether it was even Nemanja Bielitsa who didn't play all the time, the Warriors nailed those. And you know, Jordan Poole emerged and Klay Thompson came back and Wiggins turned into an all-star. And so the Warriors had it dialed with the the that meat of the team in between the stars and the young players to where the young players really didn't have to do a lot. And this year you've got the starters while still great. They're not playing at the level that they did last year. There is, I think a little bit of a championship hangover, but for crying out loud, it's February 2nd. It's almost the all-star break. So you can't really claim championship hangover on February 2nd. The reality is they're a little bit older. They haven't been good enough. Now, did they want to coast a little bit more than they've been able to? Probably. And I think, is that a fair thing for them to desire? Sure. I, I've got no problem with that. But the rest of the team has to be good enough at that point to be able to hold the stars up when they aren't necessarily playing at the level that, that they've been used to or aren't quite capable of playing as consistently at the level that, that everybody's used to, including themselves with the highest of expectations. So then you go to the young players, and the young players don't fit the system and or aren't good enough to play well enough together on their own, so they get cast aside, with the exception being Kaminga in recent times. And then you look at those middle ground players, and it just it, it, it just hasn't clicked at the level that, that you would want it to click with. You know, Jamichael Green, for the most part, hasn't been great. And, you know, Dante DiVincenzo's been good, but in a different way than, than Gary Payton was or Otto Porter was, different positions for, for all of them. And this team just doesn't have the margin for error for a, a lot of those different reasons that they had even last year. And they don't have the cushion that they built up last year when they were 18-2 and two and they were 
29 and 9 and 41 and 13. This team's fighting for their their playoff life right now, and I think that was part of the reason why Steph even played in this game tonight and Draymond until he came up with the calf tightness late right before tip off why he was going to play and Wiggins was going to play I think I think this that was a shift in philosophy and it 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 really sounds as if Steph and Dre and and Wiggins may have gone in and been like hey we really want to play and I know Curry always wants to to play because he's a showman and a superstar and, and understands the importance of that kind of thing. But I, I think they wanted to chase tonight because they didn't get last night, and they're starting to understand that the season's getting short, and they're really missing out on an opportunity to already be in a 5-4, chasing down Sacramento at three-type position, and they just can't get there. And with every night they just can't get there, the season gets shorter, and they got to be more perfect, and it, it's just – They've just been unable to, to to answer the bell at a consistent level. All right, Sean in Oakland next here on Warriors Wrap Up. What's going on, Sean? Hey, how you doing, JD? Uh, I tell you, say, I like what uh, I saw from Wiseman tonight. I think the guards lacking IQ. Cause I counted like fifteen times where he had got the switch with a smaller guy on him, and they never threw him the ball inside. But you know, nobody's ever going to talk about that. They just talk about you know his deficiencies. You know, I saw Looney last couple of games getting worked over like a burger and fried, but nobody ever brings that up. But they'll find a way to blame James Wiseman for some reason tonight. That's all I got. Yeah, no no blame for James Wiseman tonight. Not here, Sean. And I appreciate the call. And I, I thought, you know, Wiseman's second half was, was pretty insignificant. I thought the game was, for the most part, over at the point in which he got in in the second half. So I'm going to kind of throw that out. I thought Wiseman was, was really good in the first half. I thought his six minutes in the first half were, were strong. It, it felt like the six-minute shift that he had against Memphis on Christmas, against that sh- the Charlotte game, the, the game after Christmas, where Steve Kerr found a few minutes for him with Draymond out, and he stepped in and, and, and was solid. Plus six in that first half, he had, uh, he had the and one running the floor, he was solid enough defensively. You know, Jokic did put a couple on him, and then there was a foul uh, at, at the end. But whatever, I thought those were, were solid minutes at the beginning of, of the second quarter for Wiseman. And, you know, again, I, I think that's a that's a small step. Does that mean he can be out there on a night-in, night-out basis? Probably not. But, no, that nobody's putting the blame on James Wiseman tonight. And it was good to see him get back out there for the first time since the end of December. And and I thought, you know, he, nobody's going to say James Wiseman uh, it was the reason that the Warriors didn't win this game, or, or or that he was among the the negative players tonight. I mean, hell, he was a he was a positive plus minus player tonight, in a night where not many players for the Warriors wound up being positive plus minus uh, players because he wasn't out there during the sixteen to nothing run that basically decided the game in the in the fourth quarter. Eight at eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. Let's go to Dave in. Colorado next here on Warriors Wrap-Up. What's going on tonight, Dave? Hey, thanks for taking my call. I appreciate it. Um, you got it. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. 
because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Long time... uh... Listener, never called. Um, I just really have been feeling this uh, all season that uh, Coach Kerr, Kerr really needs to focus on, just my opinion, uh, getting the five spot resolved with Kaminga as the five. And you've got, if you can get that core seven players, but, uh, you know, Looney does a nice job and, and, uh, Draymond, uh, is now with this injury. I think it's a, it's a moment where if those two players can invest their energies with coach Kerr into getting Kaminga settled as the five, and they can get that nucleus around him with everybody at their different stages of their careers. I think, that the Warriors could emerge by April as uh, where we're hoping that they could be. But without Kaminga having that confidence that he's the five, I think this is going to be up in the air throughout the season, and we won't, really won't see the Warriors in the playoffs. I'll take the rest of the call uh, off of the line. Sure, appreciate the call. Thank you very much. I, I think, you know, look, Kaminga I don't think is going to be playing the five. I think the way to look at it is – can Kaminga be the part of the closing five? Can Kaminga be the fifth player? I mean, Draymond is going to be the closer. Kavon Looney is is a matchup player. He's a very good matchup player. He's a glue guy. There are some matchups that favor Looney playing a lot. There are other matchups that you know Looney would not play a lot. And and you know you look at tonight and and Jokic just annihilating the Warriors as as he annihilates everybody mostly. He goes for twenty two. 16 assists, 14 boards, and the Nuggets are 17 and 0 now in games where he has a triple double. But the guy who guards Draymond, the guy who guards Jokic the best on the Warriors is is Draymond. <laughs> That's and so you know it, it'd be a little bit of loony. Maybe you start small, but Draymond on him has been the best possible option for the Warriors, and you saw them deploy that in in the playoffs. I do think Kaminga is – he's put himself in a position where he's going to be a part unless the Warriors make a move here at the trade deadline in the next six days now. He's going to be somebody that is in the rotation for sure, whether you know it's Steph and Clay, Wiggins and Draymond. Looney's in the rotation as, as, the, as a fifth or off a bench. You know, Poole might be a starter or off the bench. That's six guys. I think DiVincenzo's in there at seven. I think Kaminga's at, at eight. And like we talk about every night, depending upon the matchup, Jonathan Kaminga could be a player that winds up finishing a game for the Warriors. That's that's very much on the table. But they need his skill set if he can become and remain consistent and play at the level that, that he's played at for the most part lately where he's you know, getting some some tough twos around the basket. He's attacking. He's becoming a, a ball-hawking defender that they can just choose to put on somebody and and try to defend you know, in, that, in almost the Gary Payton II kind of way where it's like, all right, you're taking the ball. We'll worry about the rotations and everything else beyond that behind you because maybe that's not your forte as a defender handling the the rotations and and all of those things. I think that's where Kaminga can get a little bit tripped up. So they've carved out a role for him, and you know his ability to attack and transition has been pretty good. It's it's really you know he gets to the free throw line, although he's got to hit his free throws. Like Kaminga's Kaminga, I think is has become a factor. He's not a perfect player. I think the more that the Warriors have played him for longer stretches of games in you know in games for 
longer stretches of games, he's maybe lost some of Steve Kerr's confidence at times. I think we saw that a little bit last night and a little bit tonight. But no, I I think barring some kind of a trade that brings a two-way wing into this team that that gets plopped right down in the rotation, I think I think Kaminga is a factor in the top 8 and a, and a and a playoff player. I don't think he's going to be playing the 5 though. Uh with all due respect to our friend Dave in Colorado. 888-957-9570. It's John Dickinson here on Warriors wrap up on 957 the game. Warriors lose to the Nuggets. 134 to 117 is the final story of the game. Warriors made a bunch of threes in the first half, 13 of 21. Steph Curry had 14. Warriors were still down at the half because the Nuggets are the number one team in the Western Conference in a game off the best record in the NBA uh, overall. And they, when they were down one at the half, you thought, uh-oh, because they had made more threes in the first half tonight than they made for the entire game last night in Minnesota, and it still wasn't good enough to have the lead. And the Warriors hung in until that 85-85 mark in the third quarter, 16 nothing run, and that was pretty much it for the Warriors plagued by the turnovers uh, really didn't turn it over a lot but the nine in the third quarter the difference in the game for the Warriors uh, in this one as they fall now back to 26 and 26 uh, let's go ahead and hear a couple of minutes of the head coach of the Warriors Steve Kerr he met with the media inside ball arena it was short and sweet again for Steve but uh, let's uh, give it a listen Good, you guys ran out of gas in the third quarter yeah, I thought I thought our guys battled all night, um, and that third quarter just uh, was too much. We could miss some shots. Uh, I thought their defense picked up, and we turned it over a few times. Uh, and they they showed why they're the best team in the West right now. You know, they're they're uh, they're playing at a high level, and that that third quarter felt like the the difference. You really extended your I think every game is different, but you know, coming off the back-to-back, you know, we wanted to uh, to give guys a chance to play, and and um, obviously Draymond's uh, injury last second—not injury, but um, you know, his calf tightened up on him, and so him missing opened up more minutes for other guys. And I really like how the you know the guys played off the bench. I thought everybody really. Um, Contributed well. James, it was first time he's played in four or five games and came in and, and looked good. And I thought Jamichael had a really good first half. It was good to see him um, out there after missing you know, the last couple of games. Uh, and, um, you know, Dante cont- continues to play at a high level. So I like what we saw from our bench tonight. But again, it wasn't just, you know, we didn't, didn't have enough. You kind of alluded to the Draymond injury, not injury. Uh, obviously, the last season, you went in a somewhat similar to be a lot more serious. I mean, the belief is it's just something very minor, right? Yeah, the belief is it's something minor, but obviously he'll he'll get checked out when we get home. Steve, what are the biggest challenges, I guess, in trying to contain or to neutralize a guy like Jokic? I mean, he's good at everything, you know, and I thought the game changed in the third quarter when they had a couple of back cuts, one that led to a layup, but then about three more where because we got back cut or the weak side of our defense pulled in and then they, they made shots on the weak side. And so literally every time he has the ball, everybody's a threat. Your entire defense has to be engaged. And uh, one thing leads to another, the threat of his back cut passes, opens up somebody from the weak side. He's so good at finding um, anybody on the floor at any time. And then when the shot clock's winding down, he just softly drops in a 17-footer and nothing you can do about it. So obviously great, great player. There's a reason he's two-time MVP and, um, you know, obviously a front runner for, uh, for a third. Yeah, front runner again in a big way for Nikola Jokic, and and that was a problem for the Warriors on cutters. Yeah, overhelping, and then guys are wide open, and and it's easy passes to you know whether it's a Michael Porter Jr. to shoot a three or Jamal Murray to to knock down a three, and that's been an issue for for the Warriors in other games, but it's especially something that can be an issue for. 
teams that are playing Denver and teams that are going up against Jokic. And, and I like this Denver team. I, I, I've i been a little reluctant to, to call them the favorite in the Western Conference, given the way everything has, has shaken out, in part because it's been so mediocre for the most part, other than really Denver or Memphis. But I guess that should be a tell as to, and Memphis got beat again tonight uh, in Cleveland. But I, I think you look at Denver at 36 and 16. I mean, they're, they've been the clear cut best team to this point. Jamal Murray back. Is he quite close enough to a hundred percent to think they're going to win the West? Michael Porter Jr. Is somebody that can knock down some shots. Is he going to be a, a defensive liability come the playoffs? They're pretty talented. They're well put together. I, I like Contavious Caldwell Pope. Gordon's been really good. Bruce Brown's a nice player. They're trying to figure out what they're going to do with Bones Highland, who was a DNP tonight, because it sounds like they're going to trade him and give him more of an opportunity to play more minutes elsewhere and, and get one more piece that potentially fits with their system. Uh, but, but I like Denver a lot, and and I think you know they may be the default favorite in the Western Conference, given the fact that the Warriors can't get it together, and, and some of these other teams that were expected to be pretty good have been mediocre, and there's been you know some some other teams like Sacramento who's surprised and, and basically taken advantage of it uh, to this point to where they're you know are they really a, a true three seed in the history of looking at at three seeds in the NBA probably not they're probably more like a, a six seven eight seed but they've been good enough above that fray of of everybody else who's mediocre so you give them credit and yeah Memphis has been floundering of late so may, maybe it is just Denver. Uh, as the favorite in the West. Let's go to Bill in San Jose, 888-957-9570. What's going on, Bill? Well, J.D., you kind of touched on the issues, you know, but the Warriors can't guard the three-point line very well. They had lost on the back cuts. You know, I get all that. But it seems like every team is doing that to them. I'm just wondering, really, what's wrong with the Warriors? I mean, are they a playoff team? And what would they have to do to be a playoff team? I mean, right now it's 50-50. I mean, every time this team loses a couple in a row after they win a couple in a row, that just tells you that they're a 500 team, that they're an average team, that they're a team that, that can't get it together. I mean, they've been a, a, a middle-of-the-pack team overall offensively, and they've been a middle-of-the-pack team overall defensively. I think before this last road trip, the Warriors were, I, I want to say, 16th defensively and 14th offensively. Before the, I think it was before the Toronto game uh, last week before they, they hit the road. So they're, they're just a middle-of-the-pack team, and it's played out with their record. They've been great at home, eh, on the road, although it's been better on the road lately, but it hasn't quite been as good at home after the great start. And so it's just everything leads back to the, the middle ground. They, they've got the closest point differential in of, of anybody in the Western Conference to – Guess what? Dead even after tonight, a a three tenths of a point to the negative point differential for the Warriors. One eighteen per game. They give up one eighteen point three per game, but it's the it's the closest team to to break even. Uh, I guess Minnesota's right there as well at at, at point one. Uh, so I guess Minnesota technically is the the closest as I I scan through the the differential. But they're, they're just they're. They're an even team. They're not deep enough, I don't think, to offset the fact that that the starters haven't been able to carry them at the level that they that they used to carry them defensively. They're they're not as good. I mean, this was a top ten defensive team last year, uh, top five defensive team when they had everybody over you know, last year, and they just have not been anything close to that this year. And while they've had hot nights where they've been able to to make some shots and win some games that that just the, the two way basketball has not been there as, as consistently for, for this team this season as it has been uh, and, and was really last year, a couple of text messages to get to at eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero. still can sneak in a couple of calls here before we call it a night on warriors wrap up here with John Dickinson nuggets, one thirty four, warriors, one seventeen. Warriors now 26 and 26 on the season. Now the 510 chiming in. JD Otto Porter's been hurt all year. Gary Payton the second most of the year. They wouldn't have helped this team 
yeah, I don't want to get that misconstrued. I, I'm not advocating or saying that the Warriors should have kept Otto Porter or Gary Payton II. And I know that was popular thought at the time, but I, I think the money that Gary Payton II was offered by Portland, given his injury history, was – I thought at the time it was the right call to let him walk. Otto Porter Jr., I, I think he was going to get you know anything over the minimum was going to be out of the Warriors' price range automatically because they only had minimums to offer. And so I understand that decision as well. I'm not saying that the Warriors specifically needed to keep GP2 or Otto Porter, but they have not filled those roles as well as the production that those players provided. You're you're hoping that you're getting – you're not going to keep those two, but you're going to sign two other players that are going to fill those roster spots and get similar production. And and maybe that's the, the folly in it is that you're thinking you are going to get that similar production because you know they were such a perfect fit last year it would be unrealistic to even think that they they would be able to come up with that that kind of production level as as those other two players but Dante DiVincenzo who's been a good player has not been as impactful a player as Gary Payton II and Jamichael Green has been kind of a kind of a whiff at this point and you know played Played a little bit better lately, but he's, he hasn't made nearly the impact as as some of these other players, uh, you know, as Otto Porter did, or as you would you would hope in terms of just efficiency and defense and physicality and the like. So it's it's not so much that you needed to keep those players per se. I think that decision was fine, but how did? And, and I think part of it is the Warriors thought their young players were going to be able to to fill some of it. I think they thought, hey, Divincenzo, and Divincenzo was a nice get, but I think they thought. Kaminga would step into the Otto Porter role, and he has a little bit lately. I think they thought that that Wiseman would be more of a factor as a big than he's been able to be, or even Moody, and it just hasn't worked out for the most part for the latter two of the, the three lottery picks, and that's that's kind of why the Warriors are in the position, at least part of the reason why they're in the position they're in. All right, we'll keep it rolling here, 888-957-9570. Uh, let's go to Sean in Berkeley on Warriors Wrap-Up. What's up, Sean? Hey, uh, long-time listener, first-time caller, uh, unpopular opinion. I think the Dubs are getting the chip. Uh, I know this sounds crazy after that game, but every time it's a good game, it's like feels like it's there, and every time they do bad, you know, you know, and they're 50-50, I think we're going to drop it against the Mavs, win four straight, and then lose their last game before the, the, the break with the winning record up two, and I think we're going to start to materialize. I mean, the West is a trash heap, like you said, so I think – once we get to the playoffs, like, is is Denver going to beat us? Like, is Denver really going to beat us? Are the Grizzlies really going to beat us? I just, I mean, if anyone would, it's Denver. But I think we're getting the chip. All right, Sean, appreciate it. You, the one thing you're right about that I'll agree with is the nights that they do win and when they've done it against the Memphis teams, when they've done it against the, the Celtics going back to December and competed with the Celtics recently, when they've done it, it's it's looked like they have it. The question, though, is, and the thing that you have to look at bigger picture, is the inability to have it and win these games consistently when they go all in. Is that something that's going to play out during the playoffs? You know, the fact that you know, in in Syria, the Warriors have routinely lost games this season down the stretch in the regular season that they almost never lose in a playoff series, and so the question is. It is because it's the playoffs. Does that mean the Warriors are going to be able? They're they're going to win those games because it's the playoffs, and they're going to rise to an extra level. Or are we seeing that the Warriors now are just less capable of winning those games as consistently as they have in the past? Because typically, the only time the Warriors lose those heartbreakers, and there's there's been a handful of them here and there, but typically the only time the Warriors have lost those heartbreaking games in the playoffs have been when they've been up 3-0 in a series or when they're up you know 3 they're they're in control of a series to where they know if they lose that game it's not really going to set the trajectory of the series off in a in a different way and so i think that's that's we're going to find out the answer in the playoffs assuming this team makes the playoffs which right now they would have to fight through the play in tournament to get to the playoffs but again 
Who's feeling? You know, would you? I wouldn't love a scenario where, and and I'm just throwing this out there because it happens to be as it stands right now. But I wouldn't love you know, if the Warriors had to go to Utah, uh, or if the Warriors had to to host, if the Warriors were hosting the Pelicans in in the nine ten game, you'd feel pretty good about that right now. I mean, Zion Williamson's not playing, and all they've they've lost ten in a row when, after they were twenty six and seventeen, briefly first in the West. You'd feel all right about that, and and then if they had to go to Utah or Phoenix, would you feel good about that? I wouldn't feel good about the Warriors going to Phoenix in a must-win game if Devin Booker's playing. They they got thumped twice. Now, if if it's an elimination game, does that change the calculus? Maybe, maybe it does. But but we're gonna find out. Like we're gonna find out if this Warriors team in the playoffs starts doing things that they haven't done all year long because that's the difference. In in all these other years where the Warriors have done it in the playoffs, they've more consistently done it in those specific regular seasons as well. So what we're seeing in the regular season this year is different than what we've seen in these other regular seasons. Is that going to matter? Well, we'll see. Again, assuming that the Warriors get there, that'll be the answer. Uh, Daryl in South City next here on the phone lines at 888-957-9570. Hey, Daryl. Yo. How y'all? What's up, man? What's going on? What's on your mind tonight, Daryl? Uh, you know. I don't know. That's why I'm asking. All right, Daryl. Thanks a lot, man. <laughs> Daryl having a good time. Be safe out there tonight, Daryl. <laughs> I don't know what's going on, Daryl. You called me, brother. Appreciate it. I was hoping to have a conversation. Doesn't always quite work out. A uh, couple of quick notes here, and we'll call it a night. Appreciate everybody calling. Another one of the, the long, just, just blow it out, 45, 50-minute segments here on Warriors wrap-up on, on 95-7 the game. Unfortunate for the Dubs, uh, one and two is the road trip record. Now seven and twenty on the road, so they'll be back home for Dallas on Saturday at nineteen and nine. Mavs are playing a little bit better basketball. They're back up to twenty eight and twenty five and fifth in the West after winning their last two. And Luka Doncic is is back after rolling his ankle. So second straight loss after winning. The prior three, so it goes. Warriors can't quite get off the hamster wheel. Denver has won the first two regular season meetings this season, and that's a season series win for the Nuggets as these teams only play three times this year, and the Warriors and Nuggets will play again in April in Denver, and that's that's the third and final matchup. Nuggets, five in the last six now for them in the regular season over the Warriors. Warriors, of course, took four or five in the playoffs. Warriors made 19 threes, uh, 13 in the first half. The 13 in the first half is one shy of their season high for a first half, which was 14 in the game that they won shorthanded in Cleveland, the developmental game. Warriors lose tonight when shooting above 50% from the field. Uh, That's been a rarity for Golden State this season. Uh, looking at, at, at some of the numbers from that as uh, the Warriors end up uh, in this game just a tick over 50%, 50.6%, 14-3 when they shoot at least 50. Uh, and the Warriors, of course, were without Draymond Green and Klay Thompson. Fourth time this season that they both missed a game uh, that the Warriors had to play without Klay and without Draymond together. The Warriors are 1-3 in those games again uh, the game in Cleveland being the one that the Warriors were able to win. Uh, Curry finishes with 28. Dante DiVincenzo, 14. 14th game with 10 or more for DiVincenzo. Rough night for Andrew Wiggins, as we talked about. The 10 boards for Wiggins, that's about all he did right uh, on a night where he was 3 of 14 overall. All right, that'll do it. We'll call it a night on that note. Appreciate everybody who texted in. Uh, appreciate uh, everybody who called in. A lot of good calls here over the course of the last hour, uh, and I'll be back with you on Saturday. So keep it locked right here on 95.7 The Game. Fox Sports Radio is coming up next. I will be with Whitey Gleason Saturday morning, 
10 a.m. until 1. We'll have Warriors this week. And then uh, it's a double day Saturday. So I'll head over to Chase. Warriors live at 4.30 for the Warriors and the Dallas Mavericks as they go in uh, an ABC Saturday night showcase game from Chase Center. Warriors and the Mavs, 5.30 tip-off, and then uh, I'll be back after the game. We'll be doing it again here, taking your phone calls and your text messages, reacting to the Warriors and the Mavs. Thanks to Sterling Bennett. Thanks to everybody in our San Francisco studios. Again, Fox Sports Radio coming up next. Warriors fall tonight in Denver, 134-117, to 117, and you heard it right here on 95.7 The Game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.